Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's fight some football! Run right to the back of him. Run right to the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Hey, welcome to Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, David Brandt. We're here to recap week six as Ole Miss remains undefeated, taking down Vanderbilt last week. And David, I you probably have come to, uh, I wouldn't say appreciate, but you have come to expect this type of game from Ole Miss and Vanderbilt as just historically, they hardly ever make sense. Yeah. I mean, Vanderbilt's always a tough game. I mean, they obviously they play Ole Miss every year. And I, I think in a lot of ways, historically, they felt that was a game they could potentially get in the SEC. And so I, I think Vanderbilt has historically gotten up for that game um, and they made it tough on Ole Miss for a little while, but you know, I, I think what I've been impressed by Ole Miss over these past like four or five weeks is they do what good teams do. Like, you know, Vanderbilt has scholarship players too. They have a plan and they came out and they really gave Ole Miss trouble for a little while. Um, but then Ole Miss, again, does what a team with more talent does and that's they figure things out and they run away with it late. So, uh, yeah, and, th- and this time, you know, Jackson Dart, 448 yards passing, um, kind of did it in a different way. Uh, yeah, I mean, Vanderbilt's the game's always weird, like I said, because that I think even subconsciously they circle it a lot of times that, like, hey, this is a potential game we could get, especially at home, uh, at least mentally. But you know, I, I obviously Ole Miss, especially this year, is just too good for that kind of stuff. You, you mentioned doing it in a different way, uh, almost only ran, and this is weird to say it this way, only ran for 143 yards. Uh, it was pretty evident early on that Clark Lee was not going to, you know, be on that list of teams that almost ran wild on. And they were very, very deliberate with their, their approach defensively and showing five or six in the box and, um, you know, challenging Ole Miss to beat them another way. And then, you know, I, I don't know if maybe there was, some frustration, maybe a little hard headedness early on with Kiffin and the offense where they were like, by God, we're going to run it. Uh, didn't happen. Only scored um, 17 points in the first half, um, 14 in the second. So it was a little dicey early. Um, Vandy was up 17, six at one point. Um, and then, uh, yeah, quickly turned it over to Jackson Dart in the second half. Jonathan Mingo has an all time day. day. Huge. Um, <laughs> I saw those yeah. stats afterward. I was like, whoa. You were t- I think one week we were talking about needing to get him going. That that certainly is getting That'll him do going. It. That that's yeah. like a that's a, nearly a third of a season's production in one game. 
<clears throat> yeah, so he has the uh, sets the single game record for receiving yards at Ole Miss, breaking Elijah Moore's, which uh, I do believe it the it was Vanderbilt that Elijah Moore set that one. Um, I, I, I remember that game. I, I think you're right, and, yeah, and the thing that I I thought was good about this game for Ole Miss, we have talked about this that at some point someone was going to load the box and make mm-hmm. them throw on them. And that's what Vanderbilt did. And I think it's a lot easier. I think it gives Ole Miss confidence that they can win that way if they need to. And it's a lot easier to do that against Vanderbilt for the first time, especially than if like Alabama breaks that out on you or, you know, somebody like that because they're, they're just more talented. So mm-hmm. I, I think in a lot of ways, Vanderbilt did Ole Miss a favor uh, in employing that strategy because now at least Ole Miss knows that it can do it. It's done it before. And, and I think that could pay dividends in the coming weeks. The defense, in my opinion, finally had an actual bend but don't break game. Um, they've been using that term a lot. And I know they've had a few games where they've given up some yards, but I feel like they've been pretty pretty good to dominant most of the year. And uh, A.J. Swan and that offense were, uh, were pretty efficient early on. Um, Ole Miss had chances to to break Mr. Swan's streak of no interceptions, had a couple drops, um, and then Ray Davis ran for over 100 yards. A couple good receivers for Vandy. Um, <clears throat> I was pretty impressed with those two. Jade McGowan, Will Shepard. Shepard continues yeah. his streak of leading the SEC in touchdown catches, which is insane to think that a Vandy receiver leads the conference. But um, – but, yeah, I mean, it was early on a very efficient Vandy offense. The time of possession is just laughable. Uh, Vandy almost had it for 42 minutes, Ole Miss uh, just under 19. Wow, I didn't see that. That's pretty incredible. I'm... Yeah, I think at one point in the second half, Vandy had it for over 20 minutes and almost had it for just like eight, um, which, is, uh, which is crazy. And it kind of leads me to my next point here about – this Ole Miss team and just the offense in general and how different it is with Lane Kiffin's, you know, everybody does the score from far, which they did score from far in this game, but uh, they continue to run the football extremely well. Um, I mean, they had 33 rushing touchdowns as a team a year ago. It was tops in the SEC. And uh, this year with, you know, a ton of transfers, a true freshman that's having a breakout season. Um, Kiffin and Ole Miss have run the ball 58.5% of their offensive snaps. That is 10.2 points higher than last season. And on top of that, you've got, you know, former five-star in Zach Evans, who um, has just been excellent for Ole Miss, despite, you know, being limited at times with, you know, a couple nagging injuries. And then Judkins, who has more broken tackles than anybody in the conference. And more rushing yards by a miss, uh, an Ole Miss freshman in the first five games since 1976. Wow. Uh, which is pretty remarkable with some of the talent they've had in the backfield. Um, right now, 1,452 yards for the running backs, um, Judkins and Evans. Um, they have 21 rushing touchdowns. That's tied for most of any team in the conference. And they have had a 100-yard rusher in each of the team's first five games. That's the first time since 1999 that that's happened. Um, it's, it's just a remarkable 
switch up. I, I know they ran the ball a ton last year, and the whole narrative of Kiffin throwing it all over the yard is starting to dwindle away by by most national pundits. There are some that get lazy with it, but um, I, I think that this is giving Ole Miss some staying power um, in their pursuit of you know being an outside the you know outside looking in college football playoff contender is you know we talked about this you know last week defense and run game travel and they've got some big road games coming up so continuing to run the football well is what's gonna I think give this Ole Miss team a chance to be special right and I I think that it it has proven I think the best coaches and I I think Lane Kiffin is a very good football coach is they can adapt. You always have your principles and the way you run an offense. I mean, you can't like totally change that every year, but you can adapt to your personnel and make the strengths of what you have on your roster, what you do on the field. And so like, I, I know this is blasphemy, but I compare it a lot. The thing that always impressed me most with Dan Mullen was he could win with you know, I still think the most impressive thing he did was he won a lot of games with Chris Relf, who was a very limited quarterback in some ways, yeah. but he did have some strengths. He could run the and he fit an offense around Chris Relf that allowed them to be very competitive. And I think it's kind of the same things with it with this. I mean, it's, you know, Lane Kiffin looks at his offense. He says, what do I have? I have two running backs that I think are absolute studs. I have a quarterback who's talented but we need to bring her along possibly slowly if possible, if we can lean on a run game. And that's what they've done. And again, it's still, you, it still looks like a Lane Kiffin offense, but again, the best ones I think could go run heavy or pass heavy, you know, they could, they can morph a little bit and be a little bit of a chameleon. And I, I think that's what you're seeing with Lane Kiffin. And I, I think that makes you a very unpredictable, tough team to defend, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to like, say, in Iowa or something like that, who or a, you know a Texas A and M or something like that, who you can tell gets kind of stuck in their, you know, they only have a couple ways they can do things, and if you stop those, they they struggle to adjust. And I think yeah. Ole Miss through six games has been a master at just adjusting and using what they have. Yeah, the offensive efficiency numbers are up compared to last year, despite the. EPA per play being down a tick Um, and the success rate is up uh, 0.1% higher than last year. So even with arguably one of the best quarterbacks in program history, a ton of experience, a really good defense and really good running backs, they bring in a whole new band of players and the efficient, they're they're even more efficient. And the success rate is right there with, with last year, which is pretty wild to think with a, you know, an experienced upperclassman under center and two running backs that were, you know, they, they've been in the system. They, you know, they, they weren't seniors, but they were guys that had played a lot of football. So you bring in, you know, a former five-star in Zach Evans and a true freshman in Quinshawn Judkins, and then a bunch of new guys at receiver to go along with Jonathan Mingo. And um, it's, it's pretty impressive what they've done with a 19 year old, sophomore quarterback who I think has now started eight games in his college career. Right. Um, so to, to be even more efficient than what last year's offense was, it's, it's a pretty remarkable statistic. Yeah. It's, it's two things. Lane Kevin is evaluating talent really well to bring in and then they're developing it or, you know, 
meld yeah. to get to their system. I mean, you know, there's there's two things you got to do right there. First, you got to get the players that, you know, and obviously they're doing a good job evaluating some some good talent and and closing in the recruiting process. And then, you know, the the other point of that, like we've talked about in this age of, you know, entire rosters changing just about every year. I, I think the teams that are able to, you know, simplify playbooks for players and, mm-hmm. you know, can are, are going to be more successful because, you know, this season just isn't that long. You don't have that much time to get adapted to things. The, the days of, you know, an entire offense growing up for three or four years in the system, I'm not saying are totally gone, but uh, they're, you know, it's just not what it used to be. Right. Well, I, look, it, it's I'll say this it's it's on you the Ole Miss fan if you had doubts about Lane Kiffin uh being able to figure out the offense because this is the same guy that did it with you know a Jonathan Crompton at Tennessee who was very bad early on in his career um he turned Blake Sims a running back into a quarterback that won a lot of games and then obviously won a national championship with Jake Coker under center um, who was underachieving prior to working with Lane Kiffin. So he's done it in a variety of ways, and he's always going to mold his attack and and his scheme to the players that he has at his disposal. So there isn't just some, you know, I'm going to ram my head into a wall until this works, you know, mindset. He's always going to be multiple, which I think makes, like you said, Ole Miss very dangerous. Um All right, before we look ahead to this week in Auburn, uh, we are going to take our break here. When we come back more with David Brandt on Daytime Fireworks. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all that more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com, and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris, and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. 
The Ole Miss spirit and talk of champions are coming up on the one-year anniversary of our move to own three. We couldn't be happier. Winning has certainly helped. Football continues to roll. Baseball is fresh off the first ever national championship in program history. Life is good. But change is always hard. And I don't even want to think where we'd be without LinkedIn jobs, which made our initial hiring experience as seamless as possible. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Create in seconds a free job post on LinkedIn jobs and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word about your opening. They offer simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses ranked LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Football Rebels have a little over a month remaining in the 2022 season. You want them to finish strong, right? Well, you need to finish strong, too, with LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash TOC. That's linkedin.com slash TOC to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. That's LinkedIn Jobs, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. And we are back here, daytime fireworks, Zach Barry, David Brandt with you. All right, I teased the Auburn preview, but we're going to set that aside for just a moment. We're going to talk about week six around the SEC. It was um, pretty interesting, to say the least. Uh, there was some pretty, uh, <laughs> dare I say, uh, puzzling Um outcomes you had kentucky lose again to a south carolina team that appeared to be dead in the water um you had alabama really getting a scare at home i i think that you will probably agree with me here that i was quite perplexed by the call at the end of the game by jimbo fisher i was covering uh, the uh oregon arizona game and, you know, we're all in the press box and everybody's got their laptops up and, you know, everybody was like, Hey, the, the Alabama to Texas A&M game is tight. So we all kind of, you know, go over to the, and that last play was run and there was audible, just like guffawing, you know, I don't even know. It was just like, Boom! you know what I mean? Like, that's the play. That's yeah. the play. Like I don't, yeah. that was such, I mean, it was never had a chance and I don't know who that was on, obviously, like, you know, if it's the quarterback chair, but Oh my <sighs> gosh, what, if you could just like kind of sum up the lack of imagination in Texas A&M's scheme in a lot of ways, like that was all summed up in that one play where it was just like, yeah, like, and I don't, it was just, I don't know, bad route, bad throw. It just wasn't what I was expecting or what I would think that I would do in that situation from the two yard line. And that's what right. you draw it, up. It never had a chance. That was the thing. No. I mean, I understand if that is an option because I mean, that play has worked before, but it was obviously covered from the beginning. You know what I mean? You got to check into something else, like whether it's before the play or like go through your progressions, you can't throw that ball. It wasn't open. It wasn't even close. Yeah. Um, Speaking of not even close, um, Tennessee just absolutely demolished wow. LSU, and then Arkansas just yeah, lackluster. I, I mean, you know, it, it, I think for you as well as me, it's not necessarily who won; it's the margin. 
um, yeah. and just the way it happened. Um, I didn't think Tennessee was ready to go on the road like that and dominate at LSU. Ooh. You know, I thought they could win the game, but that reminds me of, you know, like, remember in 2008 when Ole Miss got rolling under Houston Nutt that first year and went to uh-huh. LSU and just, you know, ended up like kneeling on the four yard line with like a, I can't remember the exact score, but it was like a three touchdown win. And it yeah, reminds me it was of that. like 38, 17 or something. Yeah. I mean, it, something like that. But it was not even close. No, it was, it was never in doubt. You know, the last half it was as Rick Cleveland, you know, who used to be the columnist at, at the Clarion Ledger and is now at Mississippi today. He said, I have never seen, you know, I've seen Ole Miss beat LSU occasionally, but I have never seen them come in and shove them around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, you know, they just played well or, or got lucky or anything like that. They were dominant. They shoved LSU around and did what they wanted to do. And that's kind of what I saw Tennessee do. Yeah. And I was, I told people Mississippi state, Tennessee, those types of wins. Now maybe not as bad, but I was like, in terms of covering the spread, I was like, Oh, the lock of the century, like those two LSU is not very good. And neither is Arkansas, especially without KJ Jefferson. Um, they were completely discombobulated on offense. They were changing quarterbacks. They're banged up. They, they just just no cohesiveness whatsoever. And then, you know, don't look now, but Will Rogers and, and Mississippi State are five and one, and um, it would appear that they have a chance to get to six and one if Will Levis is not back for Kentucky, who just. Could not yeah, do I didn't. I mean, that was one of the biggest takeaways for me is I didn't realize how much Will Levis. I mean, I know he's really good. He's obviously a huge pro prospect, but yeah, if there was an MVP award given out last week, it might be Will Levis. Just because you know, you yeah. Kentucky looked like an entire differently different program without him. Yeah, it was. Oh, I, I mean, Carolina's got some things that they do well. Sure, but... it's not a terror. It's an SEC team, but yeah. To, yeah, but I mean, it was Kentucky got a late score. I mean, South Carolina controlled that game from start to finish. The first quarter was a little wacky. There were some turnovers. Both teams were kind of feeling each other out. But then, man, I just I, I did not expect Kentucky to look that bad. Yeah, um, I thought Kentucky kind of turned the corner where they, because you know you kept expecting Kentucky to look like that at some point because they did for years, for decades, really. You know, like back several years ago before Stoops got there. And this was the first time in a long time I've seen, it was like bad Kentucky. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like the, the battle mm. days you are like, Oh, and so if they get <laughs> Levis back, I still think they're fine at least this year, but yeah, yeah, that was kind of an eye opener. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you look ahead to week seven here and I mean, obviously you've got the big one in Knoxville, Alabama and Tennessee, which Alabama looking pretty mortal if Bryce Young can't go that's a yeah that's a humongous opportunity for Tennessee right uh Arkansas travels to Provo that is the trap game of all trap games which well uh, and BYU is going to be in a bad mood too because they got thumped last week I think yeah that's um and then man LSU Florida when's the last time you said you didn't care about that game right I mean yeah it's just it's definitely a back burner game it actually i think has the potential to be a pretty good game like in a strange way at least a close game yeah i don't know there's a difference between a good game and a close game but mm. i think that has a chance to be interesting but yeah it's you know that's usually <clears throat> a marquee matchup this year you're like right yeah. 
And then you've got the uh, the night game, uh, the nightcap, Mississippi State and Kentucky, um, which, again, if, if Levis can't go, uh, it's a huge chance for State to go on sure. the road. Sure, because, I mean, you know, State is going to score some points. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so Kentucky's got to keep up some way. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. All right, um, we're going to take our final break, look ahead to the matchup at 11 a.m. on ESPN Auburn at Ole Miss. Um, so hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at BluffCityAdvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here, Daytime Fireworks final segment, looking ahead to the Week 7 matchup against the Auburn Tigers. Right now, I am seeing, per Caesars, Ole Miss is favored by 14.5, and, a half, and uh, the total is at 54.5, which, uh, from a gambling perspective, I kind of like that number. Um, all right, David, I, I don't really know any other way to say this. Um the two touchdown line is not really scaring me here. If I'm an Ole Miss fan or if I'm someone who's betting on Ole Miss, I think this Auburn team is bad. Um, I know that they play Ole Miss really well, especially on the Plains, even though this one's in Oxford, but this is an Auburn team that has kind of dominated Ole Miss over the last couple of decades. And this is a real shot for Ole Miss to make a statement. They, played a bad game last year on the road they were in it had some chances late Matt Corral gets hurt was the the game was not the same after that um 
I mean, I think this is a real opportunity for Ole Miss to to make a huge statement at home and to get to seven and zero. Yeah, I mean, I think it. You know, from a gambling perspective, from a just football perspective, yeah, it's a it, the line. I think sounds about right for me. Just first instinct, you know, I like Ole Miss on that, and I kind of like the under. I just feel that Auburn's offense is really, you know, I think Ashford was what thirteen to thirty eight last week. Um, I, I think that Ole Miss's defense is going to come out really salty because of the way that Van, Vanderbilt game started. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I see this as like a 35 to 10, something yeah. like that. 35, yeah, I mean, 14, but I, I mean, like, you know, the 54, that doesn't like absolutely terrify me or anything. I could certainly see a scenario where it's 42 to 20. Yeah. I mean, this is a game like, you know, could go the way the Vanderbilt game went and, you know, some sort of way where it's tight early and then Ole Miss makes some adjustments and Auburn just kind of runs out of gas. You know, they might come out running on adrenaline because it's an, it's an SEC game and they obviously want to win, but Ole Miss is the more talented team. Um, they're definitely a <laughs> more of a well-built machine at this point. I mean, this is an Auburn team that just got throttled against Georgia last week. They lost to LSU, blew a, you know, blew a lead in that game to a bad LSU team. Yeah, they, that was, you know, that that's the kind of thing for a mediocre team that just kind of breaks the back a little bit. Because they had yeah. beaten Missouri. You know, they get they had that lopsided loss to Penn State, which was awful. But then they come back and beat Missouri. If they beat LSU the next week, you know it's a different game. Right. You've you've just got a little bit of momentum. And then even if you lose to Georgia, you're still in a spot where okay, they're the number one, number two team. Let's yeah. bounce back and play Ole Miss. And so I, the the thing that the reason why I like the under is there's nothing that tells me that Auburn is going to score many points. They've scored right. 10, 17, 17, 12, 24 against San Jose State. You know, I mean, like, I, I don't know why, you know, against an Ole Miss defense, unless they just have a bad game, it's hard for me to see Auburn getting above 20. So, yeah, you know, I mean, something, this is even, even like, 34 17 you know like 51 point yeah that's just what it feels like to me yeah because i I think we'll take the air out of the ball uh you know once once you get up like what's auburn gonna do about it once you get up two or three scores i mean it's just not (laughs) a team it's just not a team right now that's built you know it's different when you're playing mississippi state or somebody like that because they actually can score in bunches occasionally uh-huh. if they need to but you know there's nothing unless you just make terrible mistakes there's nothing right. that says it, auburn's going to be able to do that well and you know this is an almost defense that's given up 14 and a half points a game and this and, is an- and and they had a sort and they're coming off kind of a uh, performance against vanderbilt by their standards at least I just yeah, think you got a real chance to get the good Ole Miss defense this week. Right. And you know they want to get back get back home in front of a big crowd, ESPN, national audience. They want to, you know, they want to make a statement. And this is an Auburn team that is very, very gettable if you're wanting to make a statement. And, you know, you mentioned their struggles on offense. You know, Robbie Ashford, great athlete. He's just not ready to be an SEC quarterback right now. And, I mean, their their issues on offense are so bad that, I mean, they can't even run the football, and they've got one of the better running back prospects in the country in Tank Bigsby. I mean, they're barely running for 140 a game. 
barely throwing for 200. And a lot of that, you know, is in garbage time, you know, blowout. Right, just chucking it situations. down the field because you have to because you're down. Yeah. With touchdowns. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think this Ole Miss team is going to be hungry. And I, I think they really recognize this huge opportunity that they have in the, over the next month of, you know, hey, you know, we turn around a couple of weeks, could be nine and oh, and hosting the number one team in the country and, you know, probably game day. So this is kind of where you see how good of a staff that Kiffin has and, and how that mindset in that locker room, you know, can they, can they be laser focused and, you know, clear all the mechanism out and. Yeah. It's just, get there. I mean, I know people don't like, I don't know if people don't like to hear it, but it, it becomes like a cliche, but it's, it's so, so true. Like, I mean, you know, it's 19 to 22 year old kids for the most part. We've all been 19 to 22. Like, you know, you just, mm-hmm. you have ebbs and flows of, focus of you know and, and getting any team to that i mean to me that's what has separated alabama all these years i mean i think they right. do it better than most i'm not saying they're perfect with it they've had let down games too but i think their letdowns are less of a letdown than most teams they're able to stay more even keel and i think in a college program with college kids and all the things that go on with their personal lives and just all these you know school all these different things it's hard mm-hmm. to do and I think yeah. that, that Saban is the master at that. And I think Kiffin is, you know, learn from Saban with that. And I think Ole Miss is trending towards that direction of being better than most at managing the ups and downs of a season. Yeah, I mean, that that's a perfect way to put it because I think that's – Kiffin essentially molds his style after Saban. And these are the types of games where, like you said, over time Alabama just – cruises and there aren't any hiccups you know right. it, it's it's the thing we've been talking about for weeks on the show it, beating teams are supposed to beat the way you're supposed to beat them and Ole Miss defeating Auburn you know 41 13 that's what you're supposed to do sure. regardless of what this should be a lot the, the the line like you said is not scary at all like you should beat Auburn by two touchdowns probably mm. by more so you yeah. know especially coming off a game against Vanderbilt where you you played with your food a little bit early, like, right. you know, let's, let's come out and stomp somebody. And I, I think that could happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I we'll, we'll put our picks in later this week, which you can see at omspirit.com part of on three. Um, but yeah, if the, the 14 and a half doesn't you know, throw the helmets, you know, the logos don't, don't look at that. Don't worry about that. Um, I think that this Auburn team is on the verge of quitting on Brian Harson. Um, and look, yeah, I know we got... haven't even talked about that. That's an entire other dynamic, you know. <laughs> yeah, Harson um, just being, you know, anytime like the the players know, the players know. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's hard. A, yeah, it's difficult. And I, you know, Brian Harson, I I'm not in that locker room. I'm sure he's moderately popular, um, but they still the kids know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. That's going to do it for Daytime Fireworks Week 7. We will be back next week to uh, recap the Auburn-Ole Miss game and look ahead to Week 8 when Ole Miss will travel to LSU, 230 CBS, another team that's reeling. And, oh, boy, you want to talk about quitting on a coach 
even in year one, it is, uh, it's getting dicey down there, um, on the bayou with, with the, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I mean, I know they got talent, but it ain't happening right now. Yeah. I mean, I think Brian Kelly on some level will get that turned around, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's one of those fits that's going to work. I mean, sometimes yeah. you can have an odd fit and it works out and I, I'm still, the jury's out for me a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's not been the easiest marriage so far. Yeah. And, and I think that it's uh man, it could also just be Tennessee's just really good. Well, I mean, that's part of it too, but I, yeah, I think everybody just had to kind of sit down and digest that score a little bit. Cause that was, <laughs> That was, you know, uh, I, I mean, I was shocked. And then I, I shouldn't say shocked because I thought Tennessee was good. But, you mm-hmm. know, you just get used to – it's like you, Lucy pulling the football away from Charlie Brown every time. Like, you know, you just get <laughs> right. used to the football being pulled away. And you're like, eh, you know, the, the football's not pulled away. And they kick like a – Charlie Brown kicks a 50-yard field goal. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. And, and that's what it feels like Tennessee did against LSU. Yeah, it was uh... – yeah, that that game that game was never close. It was never in doubt. No, oh, that um, was that was vintage Tennessee from like the nineties. Like you oh, know, yeah. just rolling people. Um, but we'll be back next week to talk more SEC football, talk more Ole Miss. Um, thanks to David for joining us, and thanks to you, the listener, and of course, thanks to the sponsors that make this show possible. So until next week, we out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.